0: Well, this morning, I kind of want to start in a different place. I want to do something a little different than than my norm. And so I'm going to need some participation from every single person, whether you're at home sitting in your favorite chair watching online or you're at one of our auditoriums. I'm going to need everybody to do something for me. Okay, First, I need you just to kind of get comfortable in your chair. Maybe you need to slump down a little bit. Maybe you need to lean back a little bit. But just relax in your, your chair in your, one of our auditoriums there at home. Just relax a little bit. And I need everybody to close their eyes. I know if you're new to church, this is kind of scary. I promise nothing crazy is going to happen. So just close your eyes and relax. And I want to take you somewhere. I want to take you to that place that you can get away from the stress of work, the deadlines, Chaoticness at home and parenting, homework that's due. You want to get away from all that place, all those places. I want to take you to that place. Maybe for you, it's that place where you relax. You can hear the roar of the ocean. You can feel the sand between your toes. Maybe for some of you, it's just in nature. It's in the woods. You can hear the birds chirping and the chipmunks wrestling among the leaves. Maybe for some of you, it's at the lake. You can see the the water glistening, and you can feel the wind kind of blowing in your hair. And you're just chilled. You're relaxed. You're away from the stress of life. Are you there? See, because I took you there, because I want to introduce you to this fourth rhythm. It's the rhythm of rest. It's the rhythm of rest. You can wake up now. You can't stay there the whole message. Seriously? The rhythm of rest. I think this is a rhythm that we often overlook. A rhythm that if you were to schedule the five weeks of this series, it's probably the one you didn't expect coming. But yet it's biblical. It's something that Jesus has has set the standard for all of us. And we've been in this series called Sacred Rhythms. If you haven't been with us, we're just talking about the rhythms, the patterns in life. If we truly want to follow Jesus, we're talking about some of the most important patterns that we have to have in our life to to follow after and become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. And up to this point, we've talked about God's Word, a pattern of of following Jesus starts with the Word of God, being in it and studying it. We talked about using our gifts in service to the local church. We've talked about worship, this, this posture. Of surrender to glorify God. My life was created as a detour to glorify God. And today we're jumping into this fourth rhythm the rhythm of rest, of taking a break. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 11 is where we're going to be. Matthew chapter 11. We'll eventually get there this morning. Matthew chapter 11. If you're using one of the Northridge Bibles, it's going to be on page 792. I'd encourage you to jump into your app or pull out your program. You can take notes. Everything will be on the screens. And as you're making your way to Matthew chapter 11, I just want to welcome you to Northridge Church, whether you're at one of our campuses or you're engaging with us online. Thanks for being here this morning. And this is a special weekend. In our country, it's Memorial Day weekend, and it's really a weekend that we should celebrate because men and women sacrificed their lives so we could do what we're doing right now. And we should honor them, and we should remember them because of they gave up the ultimate price. And if you're a Christ follower, you can even relate to this a little bit more because we know our Savior sacrificed so that we could have freedom and life. And so it's a special weekend, and if you're a family member who has been hit with this, you know this more than a lot of us, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for your family and your family sacrifice. But we're talking about this rhythm of rest, and Memorial Day is usually a weekend where we get away, maybe for some of us. Some of you are watching online, and you're resting now, and, and I wonder how many of you would fit into this category. You would say, you know, you walked into one of our auditoriums, and you would say, man, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. Maybe you've been trying to to parent your children to teach them obedience and it's weighing on you. Maybe work is crazy and hectic and there's deadlines and there's stress. Maybe it's coaching that T-ball team, maybe it's coaching another team, maybe it's in your classroom, you're just tired. Life's beat you up, the circumstances that you're facing are, are weighing on you and you would just say, man, I just wish I could get a break. I just wish just for a moment I could have some rest, but life just doesn't seem to give it to me. And we're talking about this rhythm of rest, and you have to understand rest really begins at the very beginning. This this rhythm that God has created started at the very beginning of creation because when God created the world, he created it in 6 days. Light and darkness Land and sea, waters and grass, you name it, he created it, fish and birds and animals and human beings, and he did it all in six days. But the next day, the seventh day, God did something strategic. God did something intentional. In fact, we find it in Genesis chapter 2. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And so on the seventh day, God does something unique. He rests from his creation. And I want you to understand, God didn't need a break. God wasn't tired. God God wasn't like, man, that was a tough job. I should, you know, just take a break. No, God did it to set a precedent to set an example for every single one after him to follow. You see, God at the very beginning sets this precedent for the rhythm of rest. He sets this example for all of us to follow. And, And it didn't just stop at the beginning. It was just the start of this rhythm that was being created. If you go to the Old Testament law, years later, God still keeps this rhythm. Exodus chapter 20, it says this. It says, remember the Sabbath day, By keeping it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or daughters, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. And so in the Old Testament law, when you wanted to follow God, this was part of it. On the seventh day, on the Sabbath, which was Saturday, you did nothing. And even if you go to Israel to this very day on the Sabbath, they don't work. They don't do anything. And because they're they're following God, and what what was unique about this this practice that God sets, this rhythm, is it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in this culture that he's speaking to, because a lot of them were farmers. And for a farmer to give up one full day of work would cost him 15% of his entire week. And, and for them to sacrifice this, to truly follow God, they lost. It costs them. And, and maybe we don't understand this, but a modern-day really example of that is, is found in a company named Chick-fil-A. Everybody at Greece just said, Amen. "Amen!" But you know, they lived out this practice where they've decided as a business that we're not going to be open on Sundays. And every business leader, every business mindset says, well, you're losing a ton of money. That's crazy. Why would you do that? But Kathy Cathy built Chick-fil-A on biblical principles, and here's what he believes. He believes that the 15% that he might lose, God can easily make up for it. God can easily cover that when you follow his practices. And he sets this rhythm of rest at the very beginning. And here's the problem. I think for a lot of us, this isn't a rhythm in our life. For a lot of us, this doesn't even seem like that big of a principle. I can't believe it's something in God's word because we live in a busy culture and we just go and we go and we go. But here's why God established this from the very beginning. You might wonder, why would God do this? Why would God create everything on the sixth day and then on the seventh day rest? Why? Because I think he understood something. When we fail to rest, we often fail to remember God. When we fail to stop and and, and take a break, to focus on who God is and how he's provided for us, we often fail to remember God. And isn't that true in our lives? When we get so busy, At work, when we get so busy taking care of our kids, when we get busy and we go and we go and we go, we often forget God. We often forget that God is the one providing for us. We often forget. And that's why God set this seventh day. It's not so that you could have a vacation from life. It's not so that you could be like, oh, he just catch up, catch up on your sleep. No, that seventh day he made holy. And the whole purpose, purpose of rest was to remember who was providing for you in the first place. It was for you to remember God. And for a lot of us, we fail to rest. And here's what happens. Here's the result of that is we end up depending on ourselves. We end up depending in life on on my strength and and my ability and my wisdom and my power and my might. And I'm telling you this morning, the last place you want to be in life is banking on you. And I know that might sound harsh. I don't mean that harsh, but here's the reality. Maybe it's just true for me, but I can go, and I can go, and I can go, and I can go for a long time, but eventually my wisdom falls short, and eventually my power runs dry, and eventually my might isn't strong enough, and life throws you something big enough where you're all by yourself, depending on yourself, and you realize you've faced a storm that you can't handle, and then what do you do? And so this is what happens, is when we fail to rest, we fail to remember God, and it leads us to a place where we bank on ourselves. And so if rhythm, if rest is supposed to be a pattern, a rhythm in our life, I think we have to start by really understanding what God's word says rest is. Because I think for a lot of us, when we hear that term rest, we automatically think vacation. Like I'm getting away from from the mundane of life. I'm getting away and I'm just gonna rest. But is is that what God's word says rest is? And Jesus speaks directly to that in Matthew chapter 11. He starts in verse 28. It says this, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus begins by offering us all this invitation. He says three words, come to me. And I think this is strategic. I think this is important because I think many Christians bank on the fact that if I can just get away from work and I can have a week off, I will find rest. And that's what we define rest as, is getting away from work, getting away from the chaoticness and spending some time at the beach. We think rest is a destination. If I could just go to the beach or the lake or the woods or wherever that is for you, I will find rest. But Jesus makes it clear for all of us, you want to find rest? You come to me. You come to me. And we have to understand something this morning. Rest is found only and solely in our Savior, Jesus. If you want to experience rest today from the chaoticness of life, from the deadlines of work, if you want to get away from all the things going on in your head, the beach might give it to you, but it might not. But Jesus will give it to you. He says, you want to experience rest? Come to me. And here's how I know this is true. Because have you ever been on a vacation before where you thought you were going to rest, but you came back more stressed and you came back more tired? And here's why I think that is, is I just experienced this like two weeks ago. My wife and I, we were, I was headed to Atlanta for a conference and we used to live in Atlanta for 10 years and we were meeting up with some friends. We were going to go to the beach and hang out and rest for a little bit. And I don't know about you, but maybe you're like me. When any I, I put a, like a vacation on the calendar, and it's like a couple months away, I just begin dreaming about that vacation and longing for that vacation. Especially around, you know, when it's snowing in April and you're going somewhere warm. And so, you know, I'm 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 starting to build these expectations in my head. We're going to the beach. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to ride a shark. It's going to be awesome. And so here's what happens is we build up this expectation and then we get to vacation. And I got to vacation and little did I know that the beach house that we were staying in was infected with the flu. Every single day of vacation except two, someone woke up in the middle of the night throwing up. And that was just just a little bit of it. (laughs) I won't give you the details. And I'm telling you, I came back more stressed and more tired and exhausted from what I thought I was going to experience rest. If you have kids, you kind of know what I'm saying because vacation, you're like, it's going to be awesome. And all you do is like, where is Johnny dead? Is Henry's drowning? And you Chase your kids around. <laughs> We're staying home next year, honey. But the truth is, is that's why Jesus says, hey, if you really want rest, Rest in your mind and in your heart and in your soul. you got to come to me. Because the beach can't give that to you. Your spot can't give that to you. It's only found in Jesus. And he says, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I think probably all of us can land in those categories. Probably most of us are tired because we don't get enough sleep. We're exhausted from work. We're exhausted from school and college and trying to figure out our future. We're, trying, we're exhausted from trying to have kids. We're, we're exhausted from everything that life brings us. And then some of us are burdened. Life is hard right now, paying the bills. We're not sure if it's going to work out. There's, there's, there's some doctor issues going on, and then there's this burden we're carrying. And Jesus says, if that's you, come to me. If you're burdened, carry me. And then he continues, he says, take my yoke upon you. And now, in our culture, that language doesn't really land. What, what in the world is Jesus saying, take my yoke upon you? But you got to understand this metaphor in the culture that Jesus is speaking to would have rang loud and clear. Because in this culture, when you wanted to move a heavy object, what you would do is you would take two oxen or two bulls and you would yoke them together. And the force of those two bulls were, was really powerful. And that's how they moved heavy objects. And here's what Jesus is saying to everybody in that crowd that's weary and that's burdened. He's saying, hey, yoke yourself with me. And I'll carry the load. I'll carry your burdens. And I want you to understand something this morning. If you're burdened and you're weary and you're exhausted, God wants to carry your burden. God wants to carry the thing that that keeps you up at night, the thing that you can't get over, the thing that's stressing you out. God wants to carry it. And this is one of the unique things about God. I'm glad we we serve a God that doesn't just sit in heaven and enjoy the splendor of heaven, but he knows what we're dealing with. He knows what we're struggling with. And he just doesn't know, but he says, hey, if you will give that to me, if you will yoke yourself with me, I'll carry it for you. I'll fight for you. I'll walk with you through this journey. If you just give it to me, I'll give you rest. You're burdened, you're tired. Hey, let me carry that for you. What an amazing God that says, hey, in your troubles and in your tribulations and in your struggle, I'll hold that upon you. But then, really, ultimately, Jesus is getting at a bigger picture of rest for us. You see, Jesus gives us rest on earth, but really, ultimately, Jesus is talking about a greater rest in this passage it's a rest that will never end. It's a rest that, that man, I, that, that, that will never end. It's, it's a rest. It's ultimate rest, is what he's talking about. And he, he's saying, hey, you got to come to me and I'll give you rest, not just in earth, but I'll give rest for your souls. And here's what we have to understand what Jesus is saying in this passage. He's saying, ultimate rest isn't located here on earth, it's located in eternity. Ultimate rest is located in eternity. Jesus says, hey, if you know me as your personal Savior, if you've allowed me to forgive you of your sins and you've placed your life in my hands and you call me Lord and you call me Savior and Master, I'll give you rest that will never end. I'll give you a a promise, a hope, that no matter how bad it gets on this earth, you have a promise you can cling to that one day you'll have rest from all the junk life brings. And I don't know about you, but as a Christ follower, that should give me hope. That should cause me to say amen. Thank you, Jesus, that I got that promise that gets me through every single day, that one day I'll experience a rest like no other, a rest in eternity with my Savior. So if this needs to be a rhythm in our life, what keeps us from it? What is really rest? In Psalms 46, I love this verse. It says this. It's really short but really powerful. It says, be still and know that I am God. To be still and not doubt that he's God, not question that he's God, but with certainty know that he is God. And really, ultimately, isn't that what rest is? Rest is knowing that no matter what you face, God is with you. He's fighting for you. His presence is there among you. Let me put it to you like this. I have a a, a four-year-old daughter. And she sleeps on the second story of our house. We have a a Cape Cod. There's two bedrooms upstairs. But she's the only person in our house that sleeps upstairs. And so all of her toys and her stuffed animals are up there. And a lot of times we spend uh, most of our time in the living room of our main floor. And so there's times where Joelle is like, I want to go get Moana or I want to go get Elsa who's located upstairs. And so we'll tell her, hey, we'll go get them, bring them down. And she'll get to the stairs. She'll go about, about you know a quarter way up the stairs, and she'll realize it's dark up there. And she'll look at me, and she'll say, Daddy, I- I'm scared. I, I don't want to go upstairs. It's dark up there. And what's amazing to me is I don't have to really do anything. I don't have to go up to her room and show her that there's no monsters up there. I don't have to go up there and open the closet doors and be like, look, you're safe All she needs is my presence. All she needs is my hand walking beside her, and it changes everything. And isn't that true for us this morning? Is that no matter how chaotic life gets, how stressful it gets, whatever storm that blows your way, sometimes just to rest, all you need is to know is that your daddy's there. That he's walking with you through the storm, that you can hold his hand and you can bank on him, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And we can rest in that this morning, that God's presence is with us, that he's journeying with us. And that's really what rest is. But what keeps us from rest? Because I think a lot of us, (laughs) we struggle with rest because we live in a busy culture. And in Psalms, what's interesting about the author in Psalms is he really gives us, he alludes to the fact of why we struggle with rest in just two words, be still. Those words can be translated in two different ways in the original language, the first being the obvious of of just stopping, of being still. I think a lot of us, that's hard. There's a lot going on in our life. How can we be still? Still. I mean, I can't manage to just, just, just stop for a second. And I think for, for some of us, that's difficult to just stop and to focus on God and know that he's here. And here's why it's hard, because we value busyness more than we do rest. We value busyness more than we do rest. That's just the truth. We live in a busy culture. It's fast food culture. You go and you go and you go. And when your schedule isn't filled, guess what you do? You fill it. We've been taught that you must be important if you have a full schedule. You must be kind of a big deal if your schedule is always full. And so that's how we live life, is we go through life busy, busy doing this, chasing our kids and their sports. We go through life going through work meeting after work meeting. We go through life, and it's just busy and busy. And the reason why we struggle with rest is because, honestly, when's the last time you were just still, quiet, And you had a moment just to focus and know that God is there. I mean, really, think about that for a second. When is the last time you were still, quiet, and you could sense God's presence with you? The second reason is the second interpretation of that word, be still. You see, in the original language, it can also be interpreted as cease striving to stop trying so hard. I would say it like this, to be weak, to be weak. And, and, And here's the hard part about rest for some of us is rest requires humility. Rest requires humility. I mean, it's hard to admit that I can't keep going like that. At the end of the day, we're all prideful people. And so it's hard for us to admit that, hey, if I keep going this direction and I keep doing things like this, eventually I'm going to burn out. Our pride tells us to keep going and to keep chugging and to keep giving it us all. But humility says, hey, maybe I should stop and take a break. To cease striving. And I think for some of us, we just believe that no one can do the job like me. And so instead of handing it off to somebody else, we have to do that job over and over again. Because rest requires humility. It requires this place where you're like, hey, I'm not strong enough. I can't get this done. I can't do this. I need a break. So that's why rest is hard, to be still and know that he is God. And so the question is, is if rest is found in Jesus if it's found in Jesus and it needs to be a pattern in my life and in your life, how does that take place? How do I start creating this rhythm in our lives? And and I really wanna give you just some practical ways that you can implement rest in your life in in a biblical way. Maybe for some of you, it's as simple as this. You just need to take a break. You need to take a break, take a vacation. Get away from the craziness of life and spend time loving on your family, being together, being with the people you love. It's, it's, it's to take a break. And what's amazing about Jesus is he kind of gives us permission to do this. He kind of sets the example for us. Look what he does. In Luke chapter five, verse 16, it says this. But Jesus often withdrew to the lonely places and prayed. The crowd There was often a crowd around Jesus, and it says Jesus often. I love that word often. It means he did it on a a regular pattern where he got away from the masses. He got away from the crowd, the crowd that needed him, the crowd that desired him. And it says he withdrew to lonely places, quiet places, and he was still, and he prayed. He refueled. Luke 19, 18, it says, once when Jesus was praying in private. There's that stillness again, in private. There weren't people around. He had time with his father. And again, we see why we want rest. It's not so we can take a vacation. It's so that we can be refueled. Jesus got away, not because he was tired. He got away to be with his heavenly father, to know that he's there and to get his mission from him. So maybe we just need to take a vacation. I know at Northridge Church, a lot of times we challenge you to commit to Sunday morning worships, so be here all the time, and that sometimes can feel like pressure, and I want to relieve some of that pressure this morning. I want you to know you have the freedom. Summer's coming up. Take a vacation. Get away. Go to the lake. Go. It doesn't have to be expensive. Go camping. Do. Just go to a park with your family. Like, just take a break. For some of us, maybe we need to tweak this a little bit, because we take vacations, it's okay, but maybe for some of us, we need to take a break from, like, our computer, take a break from our cell phones and social media, and, and stop comparing our lives to other people's. That might just take some of the stress of our lives away. I promise you, this might be a shock to you, but if you take a break from social media, your followers will still be there when you get back. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. And probably one of them, this might hurt your feelings, but they probably won't even know you're gone. You were gone. Take a break. What do you need to take a break from? Get away. Leave it there and come back to it later. And, and, and here's why taking a break is hard for us. It's because we need to learn the power of something. We need to learn the power of the word no. No. No, I can't do this. You see, some, for some of us, we can't take a break because we say yes to everything. We'll say yes to to doing that and we'll say yes to doing that. Some of you are going to go home today and your wife or husband, your your wife or your husband's going to tell you, hey, we got plans today. What? Sorry, I couldn't say no. You know, some of us just need to learn the power of saying no. I I can't do that. I can't volunteer there. I can't serve there because you know what? I think something that we just don't understand is every time you say yes somewhere, you're actually saying no somewhere else maybe to more important things. Every yes is a no somewhere else. And so some of us, we just need to learn the power of no. Check this out, Mark chapter one. Jesus sets this example for us. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Again, you see Jesus getting away and being still. It says, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else. Uh, this is amazing to me. Remember, this is God. This is the Savior of the world. This is Jesus, and he gets away, and he's praying. He's praying. He's alone with his Father, and everybody is searching for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus can heal people. Jesus can do things that ordinary people can't. There's a crowd waiting for you, and his disciples come to him. And he's like, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. Everybody needs you, Jesus. Everybody's waiting for you. And you would think Jesus would be like, okay, Let's go take care of people's needs, right? You know what he said? No. Let's go somewhere else. And I hope that gives you permission this morning. Permission to say no. I need to take a break. The last thing I actually need to do is add something else to my plate. So no. That's the answer. No. I think secondly, we need to allow God and people to carry you. Allow God and people to carry you through life. Man, the reality about, of life is life is hard. I wish the Bible said something different, but it doesn't. Man, in this life, you're going you're to face storms. You're going to lose jobs. You're going to deal with health issues. You're gonna, you're gonna, life is going to be hard. And, and I think for some of us, we need to just drop our pride and let God and other people carry us. God, first and foremost, surrendering, surrender your, your burdens and your tiredness to God and say, God, will you carry me through this? But then secondly, I think people. There's value in, in friendship. Having two people come together through the bond of Jesus Christ, there's something valuable there. And that's why at Northridge Church, we would say, hey, we're not a a church that offers small groups. We're a church of small groups. Because, hey, when life throws you a curveball, when life gets difficult, sometimes you aren't able to stand on your own, and you're going to need the people of God to hold you up. It happened to me just this week in my community group. I had a couple go through something that no family would ever want to go through. There were tears, there was pain and brokenness. It wasn't fun to walk through, but you know what was amazing? Is to watch a group of people love on a couple and say, hey, I know you can't stand right now, but we'll hold you up. We'll make meals until you can make meals. We'll pray for you, even when you stop praying for yourself. We'll fight with you, we'll journey, and we'll walk through this with you. And for some of you, man, you don't have that in your life. And one day life's going to throw something at you that you aren't strong enough to conquer. And you're going to want some friends in your life to say, hey, we got this with you. We'll stand behind you. That's what community is. That's ultimately what the church is. is. The church isn't a building. It's not a movie theater or a school. The church is people gathering together in the name of Jesus and saying, hey, bring it on, life. We have something greater and a Savior who will walk with us and we can rest in him. Maybe you need that type of community in your life. I would challenge you, if you've never been in a community group at Northridge Church, we have something special for you. It's our summer groups. It's a chance for you just to try it out. You can sign up in your connections card and allow people to carry your burdens, to rest in the people of God and allow God to carry it for you. Rest is important and it's biblical. And there was this Olympic athlete, his name was Jeff Galloway. And he quickly discovered the value of rest. You see, he was one of the best marathon runners ever to run. But he got to this place in his running where he hit a wall. It didn't matter how hard he trained, it didn't matter how hard he, he, he pushed himself, he couldn't beat his time. Maybe it was old age, maybe he was tired, but he pushed and he pushed and he trained and he trained And it didn't matter what he did. He couldn't win that battle until he changed his strategy completely. Because if you run, I mean, most people believe this, is, hey, if you're running a race, you don't want to stop. You just keep running, and that will be your best time. If you can just keep your body moving and in motion, that will push you to the fastest time. But Jeff realized that wasn't true. He realized the value of rest. And so he changed his entire strategy of running races. You see, when he started a marathon, he would push and he would push and he would push. But the moment his body said, you got to take a break, he would stop and he would walk. Just for a short period of time. He would walk until his body said it could go again. And he would walk and then he would run and he would push and he would push and he would push. And then his body would tell him, you need a break again and he would walk he would run walk run and you know that lid that wall he hit he started crashing it down because his body started to rest and when it got the rest that it needed he was able to push harder when he went and this morning that's a rhythm that we need in our lives when we follow jesus is we can go and we can go and we can go, but eventually we will burn out and we will need somebody. And we have to understand that we find our rest in our Savior, Jesus. So I just ask you this morning, are you tired? Are you exhausted? Is life beating you up? Is your circumstances surrounding you? You just need rest. Is that you this morning? Well, our band's gonna sing a song on rest and we're just gonna give you a moment, a moment to just say, God, I I need to understand first and foremost that I find my rest in you. It's not in a destination, it's not at a location, but I want rest and I want peace and I wanna find it in you. And so we're gonna give you a moment during this song to take in these words and to just say, God, would you give me that rest? Because if you're weary and you're burdened this morning, This is Jesus's invitation to you. It's a personal invitation. He says this, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest.